Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots, the news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot on weei.com. Recapping the Patriots' 25-22 win over the Texans. We said last week that uh, if they lost this game, we would have said the season's over. But uh, things didn't look that great in the first half. They turned it around the second half and came away with a win. I would just chalk it up as do whatever it takes to win. Uh, on the road against a, a Houston team, it was ugly, but they got the job done. And in the end, that's really all that matters for now. Yeah, no question. This was not a week where you could have a moral victory or anything like that. You Maybe you had a moral loss, but we don't need to go down that road. Um, I mean, even Mac Jones, a lot of the players, Mac Jones said, I don't know that we outplayed him, but we outcompeted him and we, we won on the scoreboard. And that was... I thought a common theme from everybody, Judon, Jamie Collins, we got to win David Andrews. You know, that was the most important, just get a freaking win. And I don't, we, we talked about it going in like, a, is this a get right game or a feel good game? No, probably not. But the part of that was probably because of the injuries up front and the, and the secondary, like if they had a full complement of guys, it might've been different. Um. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that point. Cause sure. I think you can make an argument the offensive line may have played better than it's played all year. Uh, I don't think you're wrong by saying that. So I was this close to asking Bill in his Zoom call this morning, but I couldn't figure out how to, how to like answer it. Like when, when you put a whole group of backups out there and they perform as better, as well or better than the starters, do you maybe need to rethink the divide between starter and backup or like, because they were good. Like they weren't great. And that other team wasn't, great by any means but they played with continuity like I thought they were all on the same page we didn't see did we see any runaway rushers like we've seen in recent weeks and and some of those types of things and I mean he only got got blown up but yeah he only got hit I think the books had four four quarterback hits yeah and we've been in double digits 
early in the year with the so-called starting offensive line on the field. So, um, yeah, that was I was supremely impressed with that whole thing. So I would give the guys who were out there credit. I would give David Andrews credit for being the one kind of in the middle of all the chaos around him. Carmen Brasillo uh, credit for what they did during the week. And I know Bill pointed to the fact that they pretty much knew they weren't going to have all those guys. They could practice all week. And that gave them a little bit of a jump start, but still impressive. And I, I said this on the radio this morning. You want to see case A of how an offensive line going poorly can derail a game and derail a season, the Super Bowl. The best team in football maybe was sent home in, in large part because their offensive line couldn't get the job done now against a very good defensive front, which would be a major difference compared to this matchup. But when an offensive line sucks, usually you lose. And certainly there was the potential going into this game for this line to suck because you had four backups playing. You didn't lose. They were good enough. And I would argue they were good. You drove down the field, you scored. You should have driven down the field and scored another time. And I still question the, are you frozen? No. Hello? You are. Like, hello? That game changed on the hello? fumble call to some degree. Like, that created the deficit. Otherwise, you're either, a, a, you know, you would have been up, what, 13-12 there, I think, instead yeah, of down. because 20. of the missed section. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I still, I don't know how you felt. I, I still haven't seen this great angle that tells me that was a fumble. I think that should have been a touchdown. It was called a touchdown on the field. You didn't prove to me it wasn't a touchdown. I'm with you. Like, if it was called the other way, if they ruled yep. it a fumble, I would have been fine with it staying. But to, to what you said, they com- they overturned the call, which means they saw evidence that pointed to them getting it wrong. And to me, there was no evidence either way. So you have to go with what's called on the field, which they didn't. And you said you saw something online about they had an angle we didn't or something. Yeah, I, I, I should have gone back and looked, but I saw someone tweeted that CBS had an angle that the can't that they didn't show on TV, which sure they could just could just be BS. Sure, they did. I just like not only did that touchdown matter in the game, and I know the ball got punched out either way, regardless of whether it got punched out an inch before the goal line or an inch after the goal line, it got punched out. But that is gonna alter the perception of Damian Harris he's now fumbled twice in key spots for his team in the red zone on the goal line and clearly I think defenders smell blood in the water with him like they are going for the football I think it benefited him against the Jets when they were kind of ripping at the ball and he had that long run Um, Mm -hmm. but that call I just don't like Patriots fans whine about a lot of things. How come not more people aren't whining about that call? I don't really understand it. Well, to me, hold on to the freaking ball. I don't know. Like, I saw people making that argument. Some people making that argument, too. Like, just don't fumble. Like, okay. Yes, that is that is accurate. It's not like like this is the first time it's happened. And not just for Harris, the entire room. So, okay. So you think they have a ball security problem as a team? Yes. I do think it's, and again, it's going to become it's more than just one guy. It's all of them. Stevenson. The only guy that no, has I a know. this year is Bolden. Yeah, no, I know. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Bolden promoted up the depth chart because oh. he doesn't fumble. Oh. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, know, I, I just is. think that's like giving them too much. Like they're not, they're not the old, they're like, they're not a good ball security team. Like don't make excuses for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because as I said, 
whether it happened one inch here or one inch here, the ball was punched out and it shouldn't be punched out. It's not like it was punched out because he relaxed and gave up and thought he was already, you know what I mean? Like it, right. it was, he was trying to hold on to the ball and the Terrence Mitchell guy punched it out. Like they are mm -hmm. going, there's a bullseye on him. There's a bullseye on the football when he's carrying it. And I, I just think that kind of changed the game to some degree. And then they were fortunate that they were, what were they? 22, nine, they were down in the third 22, quarter. nine, three minutes into the third, third quarter after, after the flea flicker and where you started, I think is the concern. The defense was not very good. Now, why that was, was it injuries? Jalen Mills is out dealing with some other issues. Was it flat? We heard the word coming out flat and I know Judon kind of pushed back against it, but they certainly looked like a defense that came out flat, had a letdown and, I don't want to tie it to Bill Belichick puffing out his chest, but the head coach was bragging about how competitive they were against the Bucks, And it was like, when you trade, and you traded away stuff on Gilmore. I think that yeah. factors into things during the week. Oh, no question. The new number one cornerback was not good. Nope. Not good at all. He penalties allowing catches, like getting beat for a, but a jump ball is supposed to be his game, right? A jump, like that touchdown they allowed between Devin and him was one of the worst defensive plays i've seen in a while because those are your two better players in the second in the secondary it's not uh juan williams and um whoever you want to throw in there right, right. if juan williams gets beat for a flea flicker you say he's juan williams a he doesn't play that much it was his first start b he's not that fast so he can't recover we saw that right but you're right jc jackson and devin mccourty are, it looked a little bit like not nearly as dramatic but the freaking minnesota miracle or whatever a few yeah. years ago and yeah like it was a, it was a, it was an ugly play, but it was an ugly day for JC Jackson like that on the same day when I'm reading and hearing, you know, Oh, JC Jackson's going to get $17 million a year. And he, you know, right. The, I don't, I would not want to pay him. I, I don't think he's worth what somebody's going to pay him. No trade. Not for that money. Not for, not for what he's probably going to be looking for and what some teams are going to give him because the teams that just look at the PFF stats, I don't think plays like that show up and games like yesterday show up as much as they showed in those stats. Yeah, so to me, that was the biggest concern. Well, do, you, do, you, do you think it was more flat, or they just not that good? Flat. I think they're better than they played early, and that defense with those athletes and those coaches should not be giving up. What did they go like five of their first six on third and fourth down? Like they got in these third down and short. They had like the longest drive the Texans. They had, had Houston had more yards, two minute warning. Than they had in the last two games total. Oh yeah, the the over under. I was listening to somewhere where they were doing the prop bets on Davis Mills passing, and Davis Mills went out there and lit you up like a freaking Christmas tree. So, and, and he has no passes over on the first drive from right, and he has no weapons, and his weapon didn't, really Cooks didn't do anything. Yeah, right. He had like that uh, one whatever his name, Chris something. They promoted off the practice squad on Saturday. Right, but that's a little bit alarming. How. Um, how easy the Texans made it look at times to move the football. Now both teams moved the ball. Well, I mean, the Patriots scored on like six of nine possessions or, or mm -hmm. whatever the, the, the final thing was, there wasn't a lot of great defense played in the game. And I do think the Patriots cleaned it up defensively in the second half. And I think Judon talked about after the flea flicker, after the, the block punt, whatever you want to call the, that, the that punt play game. changed the entire game. Yeah. Now are you giving, I, I saw you blogged about it, so I don't know. 
if you blogged because people are saying kind of blog well, I blogged or... because I thought it was a nice quote from Jamie Collins calling him a, a what do you a secret a secretive weapon or something yeah but I mean that was a bad play by the Texans more than it was a good play by the Patriots yeah was... I'm not giving Lawrence Guy credit for that play no I, I kind of put in there like it was more self-inflicted like I, I didn't I didn't understand the uh decision by the Texans like you're up you're up 22 to nine and you're punting and the Patriots hadn't moved the ball that much on offense. Cause they had going into that um, sequence, I think they had nine yards or three yards in their last nine plays. I want to say. Yeah. So like they weren't, they had no momentum on offense and instead they got so cute with the punt formation. And then we talked about it yesterday off air, the punter never got back to the normal depth. Like yeah. I think and the, the players from to go back to the normal 15 yards, but he only went back to like, and he kicked a line drive too so he was like only whatever deep and then when it left his foot it was looked more like a kick than a punt when it left his foot based on trajectory and i also this is a more general thing i think special teams coaches are getting a little too damn cute i've noticed that as a trend um it the patriots last week yeah they did it with the running on and off on the running fourth, on and off fourth down when they when they ended up by taking the delay game and punting yeah and they left a gunner uncovered where I th- I don't know if they were trying to, I don't know if it was a screw up or they were trying to bait somebody into faking it, whatever. I saw another one of those yesterday in one of the late games I was watching where they triple teamed a gunner on one side and left the other gunner uncovered. And again, I don't know, are you trying to bait somebody into something? I think these special teams coaches are a little too uh, out over their skis and it'll never challenge the Colts play the, the Colts fake oh. punt, but that was a, that was a really, really bad play. And I, when Bill talked about it post-game from a Patriots perspective, oh, they're trying to get us out of the, the block and get us into a punt safe and blah, blah. I don't really know what they were trying to do. I'm I don't either. Sure they knew. I'm like, I, I don't know that they really knew what, like, if you said, David Cully, how do you want this to play out exactly? Like, are you just punting? Is it just a bunch of window dressing and then you're just dropping and hoping to get off a good clean punt and then cover it? Like I almost thought that they were trying to have the entire Patriots like come running up. So they have no returner back and then do a quick snap punt. But Gunner came up, Gunner got to like safety depth, maybe even like deep linebacker depth. And then the punter backed up and he ran out and he went back. And I think he got better depth on his drop than the punter did on his subsequent drop from being at the line of screen. I just, it it, it was definitely, and it also reeked of desperation, right? Like it, it wasn't like it seemed like it was the opposite. That'd be something the Patriots would try to do when they're down twenty-two to nine, not yeah. up twenty-two to nine. Like they had Houston had that, coming off the flea flicker touchdown. They had all the momentum in the game. Like, and Did that Brian do this last year too. Didn't he? Have, weren't they up against the Chiefs, or was that two years ago? They were up against the Chiefs, and he like ran a fake punt that opened the door for the Chiefs. I kind of remember out. something like that playing out. Yeah, yeah. I, and then too the decision to kick the fifty-six yard field goal early in the fourth quarter. I thought that was a dumb decision too. Like your kicker already missed two kicks, kicked balls out of bounds. Like clearly didn't have it that day, and you're expecting to make a fifty-six yarder. That's another um, more general topic than specific to this game, but we're in a weird world where everybody's missing kicks pats field goals the the bengals packers game that was a miss Mm -hmm. but everybody is more willing to try 
50 plus 56, 58 yard field goals. Like they're easy. It's like this, well, you're watching the guy miss his PATs, but you feel even better if he backs up 25 yards. Like, right. I'm not sure I really understand what the, the mentality is of field goals and attempts and kickers and confidence and, but be that as it may, other than a missed PAT, which of course we had a six, six game early because it's two mediocre to bad football teams who both missed the PATs. Uh, Nick Folk, again, this is why I got defensive when people wanted to give the job to Quinn Nordeen. Oh, he's got a strong leg. Oh, Nick Folk, you can't kick field goals over 40 yards. My ass, you can't. He just won a game for you. He actually should have won the week before. He thought he won a week before on a 56-yarder. Mm -hmm. The guy is dead nuts. And he's, I know everybody made fun of Adam Vinatieri when he left New England. It was like, <clears throat> his leg <clears throat> stronger when he <clears throat> got to Indy. Nick Folk just kicks 50-yard field goals like they're easy now. Yeah. Right? It's not like um, Tucker or... Uh, who's the, the, oh, the no, 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 no. like the, the 50 yeah. yards go well into the net, but you're right. No, he, he does have the range to, to comfortably make these 50 yard kicks. Yes. And, and you're winning, you won a game because what did he hit four yesterday, two from 50 plus four, four yard. Yep. One of only, was he only the second Patriot with multiple 50 yard field goals in a game? I think I thought I saw uh, something like that. Yeah. He's, he's kind of so like shattering this whole narrative, which people still aren't giving him the credit for that he deserves. Like no. the narrative with them still seems to be, oh, he can't make the long kick, can't make the long kick. Who's the best player on the Patriots? You could argue his name is Nick Folk. Uh, in terms of offensive point scores, yeah, Nick Folk. I, I'd yeah, say just Matthew, everything. Matthew just Judon. Everything. No, Matthew. Okay. I like Matthew Judon, but he's so good that we watch Davis Mills drive up and down the field on him. Well, then he made the two sacks in the red zone. That kind of it's a, it's a yeah. team. You have to – defense is a team thing. Like, Oh, thanks, Bill. No, but you – it's more so than offense. You can't just rely on one – like, Matthew Judon can beat his guy every single play, but the quarterback could run to the opposite side and throw 50 yards downfield. I know. I'm just saying. Nick Folk is really good. I'm just being, like, exaggerative or whatever. Uh, what do you think of the front seven and how – Jamie Collins only played three snaps, but do you see – maybe what they're trying to do, like something that they're going to be moving forward. Cause to me, I have no idea. Well, I think some of it is, I think Van Oy and Hightower have gotten a little older. A no lot. question Obviously about it. A little old, but I, I think there is now, instead of a desire to have these guys that we can mix and match and rotate, I think more there is like a, a need to have guys to mix and match and rotate. And then you can avoid having to have like, Uche and Winovich and Bentley as your linebackers, you can make sure you always have a Van Oy, a Hightower, a Collins. So there's a mix of veteran, young, known sort of on the field. But in, in the big sense of things, I'm still just disappointed. The front and the athletes are not as good as I thought they were going to be. I agree. And, it, and it's like, they, they don't, they don't have an identity. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're going to do this, this well, and we're going to stop you. It's like, yeah, we're going to go out there and kind of try to defend you the best way we can. Like they're not, they're not dictating the game as much as I thought they would. Correct. Not as many plays, big plays, sacks, stop. Like I just thought it would be closer to boogeymen and they're fine. Like, I don't want to say they're, it, this could be no, a they're, knee problem. They're, they're an average defense. Yeah. But they're not, I don't think they're creating ghosts, you know, to steal a word. Like, 
there's just not this this edge to them or this fear that you're instilling in opposing quarterbacks and there's some bad quarterbacks i mean Jameis winston's not good they've when you look at their schedule they face like their easiest stretch of games like it's gonna get tough and yeah, they have they have two wins both coming against one win football teams who have rookie quarterbacks correct one of which who is a this is an old fred kirsch term a journeyman quarterback davis mills is a journeyman quarterback i know he's on his first team and only played a month you're, he's you're, gonna be a journeyman quarterback. Yeah. and now he's you're gonna dak prescott uh justin herbert baker mayfield matt ryan uh, sam darnold's been decent can we Another quick aside. I'm enjoying my asides today because this game, let's be honest, you got the win. That's the story, but it's a bad football team you beat. You're you're in the middle of the pack mediocrity. You should have won that game, yeah. Yeah, you should have. You did. Okay, great. I'm not going to spend eight hours breaking it down why you did. You should. <laughs> um, Justin Herbert. Yep. You know how Patriots fans get really pissy when Brady was still a member of Patriot Nation and Patrick Mahomes was kind of anointed a goat, the greatest thing. Every throw he makes is unbelievable. He's a Hall yeah. of Famer. He's this. We're going down that road with Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, had... it's Terry Bradshaw. Did you see his comment? No. He said that if he was drafting a team right now, he would take Herbert over Mahomes. Yeah, see, that stuff. Last week I watched, what, a Monday Night Countdown, I guess. Schefter's like, Schefter is guaranteeing he's a Hall of Famer. He's already in the Hall of Fame, Justin Herbert. I watched Drew Brees, who, again, Drew Brees is an expert on quarterback play. He loves Mac Jones. Um, he was saying he watched Justin Herbert throw, and he he basically is saying he's the best thrower he's ever seen. He said his ball speeds up the further it gets away from him, the closer it gets to the target, which I'm not sure is physically possible. I don't think that's how physics work. No, um, <laughs> And, and I like Herbert. Don't get me wrong. I think he's really good and he's fun to watch, but there's a little bit of what has he ever done? I mean, at least Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns was the MVP when he, his first year as a starter, we are. And what they win last year. Were they seven and nine? Yeah. They had the same record as the Patriots, yeah. same record as the Patriots. And uh, they're better this year. Like oh, they're, yeah. they look like they're going to be a playoff team. I'd much rather have their roster than the Patriots roster. They, their future looks good. Um, but he has been anointed just the next great thing. And I'd like to see him accomplish a little bit more. I mean, we're five games into the new season. Let's right. well, have fun. Enjoy it. Like if I'm a Chargers fan, I'd be saying that. If I'm a Chargers fan, but Drew Brees is saying it. Terry Bradshaw is saying it. Adam Schefter we literally, you know, Parcells used to say, let's not put him in Canton just yet. We're literally putting this guy in Canton. I just, it's a little bit much. But anyway, getting back to the Patriots. Yes, the there's some quarterbacks on the horizon. Uh, I don't know if the best quarterbacks on the horizon, I think the best they're going to face is coming to Foxborough this week. But that this defense has to be better, has to be better. And Who'd have thunk we'd be lamenting the loss of Jalen Mills? Uh, well, Bill did call him, what, one of the best players we had on our roster last week. So maybe he, he was on to something there. But you're right. You're right, though. We're, we're, Jalen Mills is suddenly like a very key part of what the Patriots do on defense. Yeah. And I also wonder, is there like a thing you think with J.C. Jackson, like, I don't know, mentally or with the team that, Gilmore's gone. It's like officially he's not coming back. He's gone. 
even though nothing changes on the field, does it change anything? Is there like a different, I don't even know, feel? It shouldn't because he wasn't even playing. Like, you right. know what I mean? It's not like they took him off the field and now said, all right, go get him, JC. Like, no, he's been the number one cornerback for five games plus the end of last year. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, they clearly all had hope that he was coming back, expectation mm-hmm. that he was coming back. Like, for example, we're, we're in Red Sox season. Red Sox, big win, exciting win. Bill, Pel- Bill Belichick's very excited about it, texting his buddy Alex Cora. Um, if Chris Sale hadn't come back, would there, even though he wasn't pitching for the Red Sox and they were a 100-win pace team, a first-place team for a long time without him, that would have been a blow to the Red Sox, I feel like, even though you didn't have him. You're not losing something you, ha- you, you had. You're losing something you were hoping to have. I wonder if there's any of that with the, like, nope, this is us now. This is what we, we don't have to get through six weeks. We need to get through 17 weeks now with this group. And Miles Bryant, you're not going to be a, a call-up to play only because it's September and October, you're probably going to be part of this mix throughout. I, I don't know. I just wonder if there's a little something there with him being totally gone now. There could be. And I think that's probably more for the defense as a whole than just specific to JC Jackson, but he needs to be better than he was yesterday. Like this week, for example, you're going to have Mari Cooper and CD lamb. Like it's not uh, Brandon cooks and a guy promoted off the practice squad on Saturday. Like things are going to get tougher and they, they need to figure it out. Cause you're, like if you play if you play the way that you started yesterday against 30 other NFL teams you probably lose. Right. And specific to this week, so they had Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks and Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram circa 2021, not Mark Ingram from 5 years ago. The opponent you have this week is Ezekiel Elliott. Important to note Ezekiel Elliott 2021 who's back to being a really good running back, mm. Dak Prescott who's a really good quarterback and multiple playmaking wide receivers that are going to test you. You don't just have to take away Brandon Cooks and then worry about some practice squad call-up beating you. This is a team littered with weapons. So, yeah, it's a it's a dramatic leap this week. But before we get to that, I did a couple positives. We talked about the offensive line, definitive positive. Yep. Mac Jones, in my opinion, definitive positive. Like, I don't know how you, yeah, there are some people out there saying he's, he's – oh. Chris Gasper, and then I saw the uh, afternoon show at 98.5 last last Friday, wanted to get rid of Mac Jones and bring in uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, well, if Deshaun Watson has no baggage, I will have that conversation because I am not sold that Mac Jones is going to be a top five quarterback MVP candidate. He's good. I like his moxie. He can play. He's a very good rookie quarterback. I love I love the demeanor. You know, the fact that the first thing that David Andrews said when asked about basically the offensive line was that 10 is one tough son of a gun. I'll go to battle with him. Like the the greatest accomplishment I think Mac Jones has had this year is the way he, that everybody loves him. Everybody so quickly him. too. Yeah. Like you forget he started five games, literally. Because the, the preseason, he wasn't a starter. He was battling. There were still people that thought, Cam, whatever. So we are now five weeks into his career leading the huddle, not just his career in the NFL and as a start, whatever. And everybody loves him, both sides of the ball, offense, defense, the respect. You know, they've talked about it for weeks now. He's taken hits and he just gets up. Luckily, he didn't have to take as many hits yesterday. Um, but that is, to me, his greatest accomplishment. But I am not willing to say that I would turn down 
Deshaun Watson to keep Mac Jones. I think Deshaun Watson would be, again, Deshaun Watson, the player, not Deshaun Watson, the right. freak, the serial alleged abuser, whatever he is. Um, but another positive, Hunter Henry, best game as a Patriot. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yep, I would agree. He wasn't just a, oh, well, he caught four passes for 31 yards and a one-yard touchdown or like, he was, he was good. They needed, and I may be reading too much into this, but do you think there's a chance they're very close to kind of moving on from Jonu Smith being whatever, a centerpiece or what I hoped or thought he was going to be and that maybe it's now Hunter Henry's turn to be the go-to tight end, the, the pass catcher? Yes and no, because they're different players. Like you're not going to, like Hunter Henry's not a guy you're going to get the ball to in space on the 30-yard line hoping he changes the field. You know what I mean? Nor so is like, John Smith. Not right now, no. I've given up. Another one. He catches it over the middle and, like, stumbles backwards. Like, he just doesn't look like an – It's you know what it reminds me of? I've used this example before. The damn Disney Kevin Durant movie. I think it was Kevin Durant, where he loses his athletic ability via some, like, I don't know. It's a Disney movie. So something happens and he loses athletic ability. Where did like where is Jonu Smith's best run after catch tight end in football ability? Where is it? I haven't seen it. Um, no, I, I don't. He he needs to remain part of the offense because you don't have you're you're not deep at that pass catcher spot. You know what I mean? Like you're not. But get, let me. So who do you? So are you saying you'd rather have more targets to Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne? Uh, Henry Hunter Henry, because you know I was like. I thought Hunter Henry was just a a jag kind of not a, a, above a jag, but not a playmaker, not a star, right. not a go-to guy. And he's looking a little bit more like there's potential that, that he's got more potential there than John U. Smith. If you just base it on what we've seen through five weeks, yep. um, Kendrick Bourne, I think has caught the ball pretty well and made some plays and run after the catch. Like I still think there's hellacious drops coming, but right now for the here and now, if I'm just, if I, take away what I saw in the off season in the summer in the practice field, Kendrick Bourne deserves some more opportunities. You're going away from the two tight end sets and going more three wide receiver sets. Yes. Now Nelson Aguilar is still a Jag Jacoby Myers. The, the, the he is drop, what he is like, I, I yeah, but he can't drop that ball. A ball hit him in the ball. That, that was bad. But I'm and, sure, like his, but his overall production yesterday kind of is what he is. Yeah, but he can't have that drop. He would. He was going to have his first career touchdown, I think. He was going to cut back across the well, green. That's why goal. he dropped it, because I think he saw all the green in front of him and said, if I beat this guy, I got it. Uh, but you're right. He is what he is, but I don't know. My frustration level – and John o. Smith, the funny thing is, his best play was that short – he made a great catch on that low ball. Like, he kind of fingertipped it, and, like, I just – how long are we going to go? Like we're five games in and Jonu Smith's irrelevant. I'm not making any, I don't want to make excuses because it sounds like you're going to, well, do you think he's still learning the playbook? Like he's not fully comfortable. I guess I'm I'm just, I'm just trying to, to find reasons why like we look at, look at Gilmore. He, he was, he was his first four games with the Patriots were terrible. And then look what happened. I'm not saying Jonu Smith is the next step on Gilmore with the Patriots, but is he? I'm just trying to find ways to to figure out why he's not doing anything. You know what? You're having a solid podcast today, a very solid podcast. That Gilmore reference is very good because Gilmore sucked for his first month. 
Remember that uh, Panthers game where he was running in the wrong Panthers, direction? And then the Tampa game, too. They had no idea, he had no idea what he was doing. He was literally running in the wrong direction on the field. And he was an elite athlete who you paid a lot of money, but you were also paid for what he was going to be. He was going to become a true number one. That's a great comparison. Look at you. I'm not, I'm not saying that John o. Smith is the next Stephon Gilmore, but it's just kind of the same parallels. A free agent who is sort of paid more than they should have been. And That's then- a column to put in your back pocket. If you if there's a day where you want to write something like, let's not give up on John o. Smith just yet because we learned a lesson with Stephon Gilmore. Like, and Devin McCourty talked about it uh, last week. Yep. Yep. No, that's, but the, I wouldn't have made the comparison. I I was interesting when Devin brought it up because I had kind of forgotten how bad it was that first month for Gilmore. Mm -hmm. And this is probably a little bit similar. And just to answer what you just said, again, we don't always take players for what they say, but he, John Smith totally shot down the idea that he's not comfortable. He doesn't after the saints game. Was that, yeah, the saints game. Yeah. It was the Monday after the saints game when he was, when he had all drops. Right. He, he shot down the idea, but it could still be mental in a different way. Like you want to get off to such a good start. He hasn't, then it kind of snowballs. Then you're putting extra pressure. You're like every throw you think, Oh, this is going to be the one where I take it 45 Mm -hmm. yards to, to flip the field, to show what I can do to have an impact. And maybe that is, I do feel like if you could just get him one, just like, like if you give him a, a bubble screen, he makes three guys miss and it goes for a touchdown. Like, could that be just what he needs to say? Hey, I can do it. Yes. Yeah. Or even, even if he doesn't really make three guys miss, maybe one trips on himself and like, like it just jump starts him a little bit of confidence, a little bit of feel good, a little bit of trust in himself and Mac Jones sees it and just positive energy because I do, this is my grand takeaway as we kind of wrap up where we are five weeks the Patriots aren't good. They aren't bad. They're in that middle pack mediocrity of the NFL. They're going to be in damn dog fights most weeks, I think. They're, and they're going to win half of them. They're going to lose half of them. Like, right. you know what I mean? And like, it's. It jumped out to me. Maybe it should, like Bill said, battled like three times in the put. I think he knows they're going to have to, whatever cliche you want to, you know, 60 minutes of football, complimentary. And I football. think he knows his team is going to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he is he's starting to be comfortable with his team's fight and metal and whatever you want to call it. Now he may also be resigning himself to some of his team's physical limitations, flaws, whatever. But I do think he's probably for better and worse starting to get a feel for who his team is. But I just, I think I said to you last night on the phone, we were talking post game. If the Patriots are down 22 to nine, it doesn't mean the game's over against most teams. I mean, I guess if, if the chiefs are up 22 to nine or whatever, yeah. but also if they're up like 22 to nine, I wouldn't assume that game's over either. They could give up plays and points and that, which could make it an interesting season. Like yesterday's game was interesting, entertaining. Like, I don't know if you want to enjoy it as a Patriots fan because you're fighting tooth and nail with a team that most people thought was going to battle for the number one pick and maybe still could, depending on what the Jaguars do with urban Meyer down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that you want to enjoy that you're in a competitive game and you pull it out, but that's who they are. They're going to have to fight for everything they get, every win they get and not take anything for granted for two minutes in a game. Like I think two minutes in the second quarter of a game could cost them a win if yep. they, if they you know, start to feel themselves or read any press clippings or whatever. So, and I said to you, I, I do think they're, they're self-aware. I think the team knows what it is. 
as you hear these players, got to get a win, glad to get a win, cherish a win. Like they're not good enough to, you know, old school, you know, Tom Brady, eight and oh, but I'm miserable. No, 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 no. Every win should be cherished as they put it, like enjoy for a little while and then figure out what you need to do better, what you did poorly, work on it. But don't, there's no sense of entitlement for an X number of wins this season. Nope. Nope. Enjoy every win you get. I would agree. This is a big week coming up. The Cowboys coming to town could be a sort of a, I don't want to say season changing game, but like okay. if you, if you pull out this win against one of the better teams, the NFC changes your record, you know, it swings it. You, you lost a couple of games early in the year that you probably should have won. Maybe this is a game that you should have lost and you, maybe you win. So this could be a big week for the team in terms of building momentum and, you know, establishing themselves moving forward the rest of the year. And, you know, maybe get a win at home, get a win against a team that doesn't have a rookie quarterback, like yeah, all some, that. Of those, some of those types of things. Um, but you're right. If they can pull off the upset and I saw Vegas, I think it's three and a half or two and a half, two and a half yeah. to three and a half. I saw in different places. Um, just honestly, I would lay those points. I would take the Cowboys. I just, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I know the Patriots played tight against the, the Bucks and pulled out the win against the Texans, but I don't know. I think that Cowboys team can put up some points offensively. And I don't know if this Patriots team is because they remember they played in the rain against Brady yeah. low scoring. I don't know that they can do that again against the Cowboys if it's not raining. And I don't know if they're quite ready to play a same tight game more at like, you know, 35, 32 or something up there. I don't, not sure Mac Jones is quite ready for that game yet. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back later in the week, regular uh, preview podcast Thursday, and then uh, the Cowboys game next Saturday. So enjoy the Red Sox as Bill Belichick said, hope they pull it out tonight. Should be a good game. And enjoy Marathon, Marathon Monday with James Devlin running for the Joe Andrewsy Foundation. That's right. That's right. All right. Great, great day in Boston. And we'll talk to you later in the week. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Pru. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.